This is a Liverpool Echo podcast on Anfield Plus, the home of your daily podcasts, bringing you the inside track from Liverpool FC. Hello and welcome to the View from the Cop podcast. The phony war is over, the real stuff starts on Sunday, but before then there's the little matter of a transfer deadline day to get through. My name's Paul Wheelock and to talk through the last day of the window and look back on pre-season and look forward to the new season ahead, I'm delighted to be joined by Paul Philbin. Hello. Sean Bradbury. Hello. And Dan Kay. Hi. So let's start with Tuesday night and the final friendly of the summer and another impressive win this time over Torino at Anfield. So how do you all look back at pre-season? Is it just whetted the appetite further? Yeah, I mean, I think it was important to have a good pre-season because obviously, even though it was a terrific campaign last time around, it obviously ended in a fair bit of pain and disappointment. And it can, you know, well, perfect example before years ago, 2014, you know, there were obviously factors in that in terms of Luis Suarez leaving, but there is there is always a danger when you have a big high and a big low at the end of the season that it can it can drag on. I think remember doing the podcast with you with you Paul within a couple of days of um, Kiev, and we'd already brought brought the signing in then. And I think generally, I think I think you'd be hard pushed to find too many Liverpoolians that aren't encouraged and heartened by the preseason that we've had, and are very much looking forward to uh, the real stuff getting underway on Sunday. Yeah, that's that spot on. The, the fact that we were able to turn, turn a low into such a high and, and get the, the positivity which was built over the course of all last season, although, as Dan said, it, it didn't end well in the final match. To, to kind of like keep that momentum going is, has been probably the, the, the best thing I'd take from it. Obviously, getting the signings in early. Um, I think the fact that quite a few of the, the new lads, Fabino and Cato especially, have had that whole pre-season to get, to get bedded in um, is massive. And, and it just hasn't felt at all like there's... Been anything that's kind of rumbled on over this this preseason? It has about like there's a an overarching worry about it, like one player is he is he going to leave or whatever. I mean, weirdly, probably the only thing that's kind of carried on over it, and is even now is you see on social media, it's like the Fakir thing, isn't it? It's like that that's that one thing that's um, slightly clouded it in in a weird way. But no, but the, the results have been good, the goals have flowed, um, a lot of the new lads are looking settled in. So it's yeah, it's just purely positive heading into Sunday. I agree with that. The most impressive thing for me is the lads who have come in later and have just hit the ground running. Um, Trent especially, he's looked great in the two pre-season games that he's played in so far. But I think the fact that they've, the lads who are at the World Cup, all of them have had a decent World Cup. There's no, there's not been a real low for that for them. I know getting knocked out of the World Cup is a bit grim, but all Should in all... Salah. Apart from yeah, Sally, yeah, yeah. a bit disappointed, but yeah. Yeah. apart from that, they've all played their part in the World yeah. Cup. Yeah, for me, no. And he still got goals. Yeah, he still got one mm. or two goals in the World Cup, and he come back. Chilling. Yeah, he come back early enough to be right in the mix, more or less, from the off. Um, <laughs> I, I honestly think the fans and players would happily have started this season two days after Kiev. Because there was such a positivity around the club despite losing the European Cup final. I think the club have definitely played their part in that, haven't they? You talked about the signings there. We we did a pod with Jamie Webster and Dan Nicholson yesterday, and it just felt like they didn't want that to be the end of something here, did they? You mm. know, and, and everything they've done since then in the few months, and it, it seems to have spilled on out onto the pitch in pre season. Well, on and off the pitch, I think, you know, we're all, you know, plenty of us, me included, are the first to kind of hand out the brickbats when we feel they're required, so the bouquets have got to come out as well. On and off the pitch, Liverpool have acted like a big club this summer but but as well acted like the kind of like the, the, the kind of Liverpool football club that we want to see and I think particularly 
the lads you spoke to yesterday, the, the way the club have you know identified and embraced this kind of fan culture that has always been there, but it's kind of seems to have really kind of gained a new lease of life in the last couple of in the last last year, last couple of years. I think that is really to be applaud, applauded, and it's helped kind of foster that kind of togetherness that, as we all know, is a major fundamental kind of part of what Jurgen Klopp wants from his team, from his club, from his players. He wants everybody singing off the same hymn sheets. And I think maybe in the past we've kind of maybe heard, you know had a bit of lip service and you know we've heard all the right noises, but actions haven't really been back. Words haven't been really been backed up with actions. This time they have. Um, you could always you could always say well you could do one one or two more players here one or two more players there but I think the you know in, in, the, in the recruitment sense the main areas of concern for most for most people I think with the midfield and the goalkeeper and they've been addressed um, obviously you, you're always looking to improve and, and it remains to be seen what if anything will happen in the next twenty four to thirty six hours not an awful lot we would expect but sometimes these things depend on what happens with people going out the door. But you know, if if as seems likely, there is no more further additions, and we you know we have brought in only four players. It seems to me they were the right four players, and yeah. you know I, I've, I've we've gone into the season and the seasons before thinking oh we're a bit undercooked here and a bit concerned. This this isn't this isn't going to say we're not going to win every single game we play. There's going to be peaks and troughs just like any other season. But um, I can't wait, and you know I'm finding it hard to kind of. Squash down this feeling that we're not just going to win absolutely everything in front of us, including <laughs> the, the boat race, the Grand National, and the Ryder Cup. I, I know what you mean, and like going back to Kiev again, I'm not going to say we're going to get to Champions League final again. We're going to win it, but a lot of the problems, a lot of the ways in which we lost that game, you'd like to think we've we've kind of gone a certain way in sorting those out. You can't stop stop uh, Gareth Bale doing what he did and scoring ridiculous goals, but the keeper situation we've hopefully sorted. Um, the depth issue, like I said, Daniel, you can always hope for a couple more players, but you'd like to think we're not going to be in a situation where we've only got three fit midfielders, which for a little time, towards the end of the season, it was, yeah. you know, we were really struggling to get by. Um, and like, obviously, obviously Salah as well, you know, the world disappointment for him in the World Cup, but he, he looks fit and raring to go again, and that was you know, a bit of a concern, obviously, in that game. So, so yeah, just, just fingers crossed for, for this season, though. What Sean just said there about the depth. I think everybody now, especially after watching him in a few pre-season games, would l- have loved Shikini to be the one coming on the pitch in Kiev yeah, when Salah went, yeah, when yeah. Salah went off sense. injured. And that's not having a go at Lallana at all because he's a good player. He just wasn't fit enough and he's not that speedy player who's going to be on the front foot that we needed. Going back to what Dan said about the, the way we've acted like a big club, after Kiev... We signed somebody. Firmino signed a new contract. The rumours about Salah going to Madrid. New contract signed. Yeah. These things, there's been no fuss yeah. at, at all. Apart from the goalkeeper not coming in until a few weeks ago. But it was always, like, it felt like we were always going to sign a goalkeeper. Like, the only saga, as Sean said, was for care, but that, yeah. Nobody would be disappointed if he doesn't no, turn up. No, the, the only I wouldn't go not even close to being a saga. But I suppose the only the only other slight concern in the in the background is Marnie, who, yeah. if you remember, at the start of the summer, um, France Football, who isn't just it's not just some two bit little website. France Football is one of the most respected publications in the game. I think it's them that put the Ballon d'Or, European Football of the War, European Football of the Year award together and have done for years. They had this report saying that you know basically he was gonna go, he, it was agreed to go to. 
Madrid before the final or something, and then it, and then it and then it wasn't happening. And he was asked about it a couple of times and kind of didn't exactly blow it out the water and just said, "Oh well, they're a big club, but I'm happy at Liverpool under contract to Liverpool." I think until he puts pen to paper, you know, you know, there's always going to be that slight concern in the back of your mind. But I think ultimately, it if the club keeps moving forward in the way that it has been over the last year to eighteen months, and you know, it's not not just the results. They, they look like a club and a team that's enjoying themselves, it's having fun, having a laugh, working hard, but get but getting to where they want to be. And I think if if we carry on along the same veins, I can't see any reason why Sadio Mane would, would want to leave. Yeah. Mm. But ultimately, it, it's up to everybody involved to continue this progression and basically, you know, mean that he hasn't even got a decision to make. What do you make of the window? You know, we'll, we'll come into Liverpool on the final day in a moment, but like. In terms of saving Real Madrid, did come in for Mane after Thursday. They could, couldn't they? You know, they've gone over three weeks too because it's still open to Europe. It doesn't, feels seem, like people, doesn't seem fair, that does it? It feels like people are forgetting about that. Mm. Like I, I, the way obviously Sky builds it up and whatnot. It's like Thursdays to be all and end all. But the Spanish sides, the Italian sides, the German sides have all got time. They've got till mm. the end of the month. Yeah. That's why I can see Chelsea doing a bit. Because Courtois is going to go. You wouldn't be surprised if he has that go, but not by Thursday. And the only outgoings are going to be those who are going to be going to other English sides in Liverpool. Like the likes of Enrique or Markovic could still be on Liverpool's books for the opening day of the season. Mm. Yeah, and it makes the business we did earlier in the window. Even more kind of, yeah, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, you do, you do wonder whether... I mean, I don't know what what the score is. Whether it's been this new system's been voted in for X number of years, but whether the big clubs will start thinking, "I'm gone," you know, this with this artist advances a little bit. It will be interesting to see how that plays out because you know I can imagine there'll be a few unscrupulous clubs around Europe that will will try to take advantage of of, of other clubs' desperation um, and and try to capitalise on that. I mean, it. it, it it remains to be seen how clubs under pressure to release their best players are able to cope with that because you know, you know, you'd imagine they'd be wanting to say, well, you know, we can't replace him, so you can't have him. But if you've got a player, an agent that's agitating and threatening to disrupt the camp, then that, I, I, I think, you know, I think they will have to look at it again before before next summer because you know, I don't think we have a blanket global ban, but I think you know, larger European clubs do tend to, to trade with each other quite a lot. And clubs now have to work the system. I always remember back to it to you know, I've, I've never been a particular fan of Real Madrid or the way they go about the business long before Kiev. And right about the time we were losing Michael Owen, I kind of felt they had us over a barrel there, really. Mm. Um, if you if you remember Owen wanted you know Owen was a year from the end of his contract, a, a paltry offer of eight million, which was you know an absolute fraction of his market value was agreed at the time. As part of the deal, <coughs> Liverpool wanted Fernando Morientes, and Real Madrid stuck the stuck the roar and said no. Um, we ended up getting at the end, we already got Antonio Nunes with it who it was never to be fair it was never quite as bad as people made out and played his, played his part at some of those European games on the run, road to Istanbul but I felt particularly it kind of put the kibosh on Morientes' Liverpool career because basically Madrid hung on to him for another six months played him about played him only about a handful of times but enough to cut time for Europe so when they did finally deign to let him come to Liverpool in January 2005 he was never able to get a proper run again because he was cup tied, and I always felt that that was one of the fundamental reasons why his Liverpool career never really took off. So, you'd hope that, even though it's a completely different setup at Anfield now, you would hope that lessons from those kind of things have been learned. I mean, it's, it is a different market, a different selling environment now for football clubs, but um, it's 
I think like, like Paul said, a lot of a lot of people have kind of just fixated, obviously, with the whole sky yellow tie nonsense, <laughs> um, and without realising that you know for the rest of Europe it will be going on till till the end of August. Um, so we'll, yeah, we'll all we'll all be watching with with great interest. Yeah, I think it'd be fair to say it'd be very surprising even if Real Madrid did come in for a Mane or another player who's crucial to Klopp's plans that Liverpool is, and even contemplate letting like, go. Before we go on, carry on with transfer deadline day. A lot of the talk today, a lot of the talk this week is about multi-million pound signings and we all know the madness what tomorrow is going to bring. But how pleasing has it been this year, or this summer I should say, to see a 17-year-old from the city centre, Curtis Jones, come mm. through and not look out in the place and certainly all the games that I've seen. He looks mustard, doesn't he? I mean, I've only seen bits and bobs and I've not watched any every pre-season game far from it, but... Um, what I've been, to be honest, the most encouraging thing was an interview I saw on our website from from the manager, you know, within the last week, basically saying he obviously he's pleased with what he's done on the pitch, but he's just as pleased with what he's done off the pitch, how he's settled into the group. I think he came out with some line with like um, he's from Liverpool, so he's not exactly stayed silent, <laughs> <laughs> and, which we, I think we could all imagine. Like, but that's what you want, you know what I mean? And, and really, Trent has kind of like set the set the benchmark, really, and proved it. Kind of like if you're good enough, if you're confident enough, you know, you'll be welcome with open arms into this environment. And I think it's you know you're never going to have a you know a team full of scouts or is it like the, the Celtic. Team of 67, the first British European Cup winners, I think 10 out of the 11 were all born within about a dozen miles of Parkhead. Those days are gone, long gone. And it's, you know, it's naive and few times to expect anything different. But having some kind of local scouse thread running through the team, running through the squad, is important to me. And I think it's important to a lot of Liverpoolians. Yeah, definitely. And the way in which um, we've already spoke about how, how impressive Trent's been since he's returned for the, for the pre-season, but he came back with just an air of confidence about him and watching him last night, it, it's it's hard now to think that there was a time, you know, a season ago when, you know, Klein was the main man and mm. now it just feels like, I, I don't know who's going to get the knock for Sunday and what the fitness levels are, are up to, but Trent's confidence, I think you're right, it's, it's just, it, it should be a massive message to the other local lads in the squad and, and the fact that, I think we, we've had pieces on Klopp's kind of record of Bringing in the really young lads, he doesn't hasn't necessarily done that a lot in his career. But with some of these lads, it doesn't look like he's got the choice. They're, they're knocking on the door, mm, aren't they? And there's, and there's been yeah, absolutely. There's been a couple in pre-season. I guess Phillips as well looks yeah, like yeah. he's he's on on the radar. The you know on the fringe of the first well, team. People don't get a fit. He could be playing something. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> could could well be. Uh, but yeah, on on Curtis Jones as well. One of the issues I had. Um, in terms of like what what else does the squad need like coming towards the end of the window, I was thinking oh that 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 kind of number ten player like players like who de- depth in just that area of the field, but what what he's done and come in and look like he could fill in there. Shakiri playing central, like storage dropping deeper as well. It yeah. looks like Cater as well, like maybe playing a bit further forward there. It, preseason just seems to be we look like we've got options um, and you know depth, but but quality as well in uh, in all areas of the park now. So it's yeah, it's going to make a big difference. The confidence of Curtis Jones is the thing that I like. He just like last night, within minutes of being on the pitch, he had a goal from twenty-five yards, yeah. and it's like that's what you like to see in a young lad who's not afraid of having a goal. Because at the end of the day, if you just do things simple, it look great, and your numbers will look great, your passing stats or whatever. But if you don't show what you've got, you're not going to like take that next step. And I think it was the Man City game. He was the best player on the pitch in yeah. the first half, mm. yeah, and um, that, that's a positive because the level like of opposition was quite high. So if he's doing that at seventeen or whatever he is, he's going to develop. He's going to grow. He's going to 
become a bigger lad as with age. So keep him, keep him around the first team squad. Mm-hmm. Obviously, don't have him in every match day squad, but let him be at Melwood as much as possible. Yeah. Right in thinking mm-hmm. that this season you can name seven squads in the Premier League, seven players, seven yes. substitutes. Yes, yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah. been so, like that for the last few years. Has it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bang on the ball, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it's great because it, that will give the likes of, of Curtis Jones, Nat Phillips, and some of the others the opportunity to be around the squad on match day and and potentially get get a few minutes under the belt, which well, which if, will only go. If you three get up with fifteen minutes, get it on, get it Yeah. He was um, with James was exclusive with Klopp last week. He seemed to be talking quite openly about the idea of more rotation this season because we did we did pockets last season, didn't we? Especially in the run up to Christmas, mm. there was a couple of games where there was a game where Salah and Firmino come off the bench and Stoke. Said Stoke. Stoke there was a couple, there was a couple, but you know you just feel we're more much more equipped to do that now and then and hopefully that that, that kind of like run of the, the dip in the injuries we had in the second half of the season won't necessarily happen this season. That impact Shakiri's made. Have you been surprised? I know you're all pretty happy when he signed, given the fee. But have you been surprised at just how well he, he's taken to life at Liverpool? Yeah, I, I was. You know, there were some people's heads. Some people's heads were falling off going. And it, when we talked, I mentioned before about acting like a big club. You know, by that I kind of mean buying the big goalkeeper, buying the big midfielders that we needed. Now. When we were being linked with Shakira, I could understand why some people's concerns about it because in the past, when we've been in this position before, on the cusp of kind of getting to where we want to be, and we've kind of like almost kind of like flaked, at, at, you know, blinked, blinked at the moment of truth and not really gambled and strengthened as strong as we should have done. If Shakira had been the, the, the um, you know, the, the, the marquee signing this summer, then, then I think those kind of accusations could have been levelled again. But he came in kind of almost under the radar with no massive expectations on him. I kind of always felt, they were obviously there were concerns about his, his fitness and his motivation and that. And I, I always kind of felt, well, it, it will, it'll just be different for him at Liverpool. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a player that's been on the books of clubs like Barcelona, and uh, Bayern Munich rather, in, uh, in Milan, I think. Um, and it must, you know, it, it must have been difficult for him at times. So him at Liverpool was always going to be a different proposition. But I thought it'd take a bit longer than this. Mm. And even if I'm sure, you know, there's still much more to come from him. And it is only pre-season. And if he does flop, no one's going to say, yeah, but he was boss against Torino in pre-season. Mm-hmm. It bodes well. Um, obviously, there was the, that overhead kick, but the that lovely little cross he put in for for Sturridge last night. Yeah. The, that was that real kind of invention and delicacy of touch and creativity that. Maybe it's time for been missing in the midfield areas, mm. and I just think he gives us something a little bit different, a little, a little bit of a different option. Um, and I'm, I'm, in, I'm intrigued to see kind of. I just think he's got the right kind of mentality as well. He's he's been around big clubs. He's getting getting heading towards the middle, probably the middle part of his career, and he kind of knows. You get the impression he knows he's got to deliver now, mm-hmm. and it just seems like he's you know everything's all set up for him to do so. So fingers crossed, he gets. You can stay fit, get fit, stay fit, and um, you'll be part of a, a successful Liverpool side this season. Mm. I'd, I agree. Then. I'd always had the idea, maybe wrongly, of him a player who kind of tried a lot. Not all of it came off, but when it did, it was spectacular. But like, like Dan saying, in, in all the little flashes we've seen of him, you know, he hasn't had he hasn't had full games. Like he only came on last night, but but straight away put in a great precise cross, and there was a bit of end product there straight away. He's over a kick as well, obviously. Um, and I, I really like the look of him centrally, just with, with, with those other three players in front of him, maybe playing that little bit deeper. Um, and yeah, it just feels like he's... He, it, look, it looks like he knows that he's got um, another massive opportunity. But again, as Dan said, he's, he's had that experience at big clubs, so it, it, 
he can pretty much come in under the radar. He's he's not he's not the main man at the club anymore, but he shouldn't necessarily be phased by the the bigger expectations that will be to be on him now. But yeah, it just looks like um, it could be a great piece of business. Happy with him, Paul? I am. Yeah, it's got the feeling of a bit of a Yossi Benayoun for yeah. me. Mm. Um, <laughs> not the Mahi signing, but when like come May, if we sat here, you'll look back and go, he had some season. He's scored ten goals, picked yeah. up a few assists. Without Wig going under the radar slightly, he's not going to be the standout player because obviously you've got the likes of Salad and Firmino and whoever ahead of him. But the games where you're playing Burnley at home, you know, Wofford, whoever, when we don't need the three midfielders and would one sat deep, we're going for it. He'll score goals and mm-hmm. create goals, so I'm all for him. £13 million. Pound. It's an absolute yeah, bargain. In this market, it's absolutely nothing, is it? It is crazy and he is different and just as Sean said the central role surprised me and if that's an option that last year we didn't really have it Firmino was injured or missing it was swanky and that's nothing so we talk about crazy fees there's probably going to be a few crazy fees on Thursday isn't there with the final day of the transfer window do you think Liverpool will get involved in all the madness or even need to I'd be very surprised now, to be honest. I mean, obviously there was all there was. There's been talk of Fakir all summer. There's been you know, bits of talk of Pulisic, but you know, I, I think I've said previously in the summer. I quite like the fact that there has been a little bit of misinformation coming out of the club this season. They, you know, I think in the past we've been too honest, and I think we have been a bit savvier in terms of how we've approached what we've said publicly and what we've been doing privately. So you never say never, but. Um, you know, I, I I would I would be shocked unless unless something out of the ordinary happens. Um, I th- I think by and large the, the manager seems happy with with what he's got. And if, but I think we all seem generally happy. You, you, yeah. you can point the finger and say, is there have they replaced Coutinho yet? That would be possibly the you know, the one area of concern. But then you look at the players that have come in, particularly in the midfield area. They're like you know, whether it's Kaiser or Shakiri or Henderson playing further forward, we do we do have options there. Um, so we'll all be watching closely, and you know whether it's on Sky Sports or on the Liverpool Echo live feed, which obviously we'll be covering to the nth degree, right the way through. Um, it'll be I, you know I'm generally someone that kind of like I, I don't like the transfer window. I don't like the hype. To me, it sums up many of the worst ex- excesses of the modern game, and particularly in recent years. A lot of the time, it's a lot of hot, hot air over nothing. I do think this year will be a little bit more interesting because it's. Because it's been a World Cup summer, because it's happening earlier before the season starts, I do think there'll be a lot more late, desperate moves tomorrow. Mm. So it'll be, it will be quite tasty, but I'd be surprised if we're involved in much or any of it. You could you could nitpick on you, and you could say maybe depth depth at centre half and, and mm. injury concerns with some of them, and you know beyond what probably you know first choice now with Van Dijk and Lovren, do we match the quality of a couple of the other sides in the division? Um, and yeah, I, I agree with Dan on on the kind of the, the the number ten thing. We've said that in pods before, but like we've just said today, I think there's there's emergence of players and 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 the quick setting of Shakiri, and I, I think as well with, with Sturridge, it just seems to be interesting. I mean, he's obviously banging in the goals, and could he could he come a bit deeper for us? There's there's there's, there's op- like Dan said, the op- options is the word, and and I don't think whereas in re- previous transfer windows um, under Klopp. You think we've taken a bit of a gamble? It's like, oh, are we going to get through to January without without another centre half or things like that? I don't feel like that at all this yeah. time. I think you know the 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 depth is there to get us through till January and and beyond. And you know, 
we'll, we'll see over the next few months whether we do need to to kind of strengthen here or there but but overall I think you've got to be positive sure. what do you think a number 10 needs to come in say if a care came available tomorrow I'm sure the Leon presidents <laughs> and sellers all oh, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. no doubt about that um, I think Klopp's got an open mind that if so if he's able to do something he will do it don't expect it but you never know do you but going on the crazy fees what you mentioned the goalkeeper that Chelsea have signed yes. for what, 71 million you will is he actually signed now or on the verge Ballast, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. the pressure is now off Alisson yes yeah. he is no longer the world yeah. goalkeeper yeah so going into the opening day even though we've spent 65 million the eye, all the eyes will be on him the he's price tags off him there's still yeah. a bit of pressure on him there is pressure <laughs> but him being the yeah the highest only added to it didn't it yeah, yeah. So I'm all for that. I made up Chelsea yeah. winning by so yeah. I just keep I'd, it for that. about you? I'd never even heard of him before yesterday. Don't even know if I've seen cards. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen uh, Sari. Was, was it, he just went with the uh, cafe. cafe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a good point about the price tag as well. Because like with Van Dyke, obviously, you know, the 75 million, it's, it, that is still what we paid for him. But after a few performances, it was... Uh, no one was fixating on that way. Really. No, so, you know, no one. It just you know, I mean, we've got a reasonable start. I just hope it's 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 quite it's quite cosy for us in the first few games, and then like especially with this guy coming at Chelsea, I don't think we'll be thinking about it or talking about it too. Yeah, looking at Chelsea, they they look in transition, don't they? And they could be losing at least one good player in course uh, before the end of this window, the European window as well. Mourinho's not slow to have a moan these days, is he? <laughs> Tottenham haven't signed anyone. Arsenal bit of an unknown proposition it'd be fair to say City I don't know if anyone you've seen the Chelsea Shield on Sunday they look good again Yeah. but when you look at the top six including Liverpool have Liverpool done the best business or strengthened the most would you say I think it's hard not to say they haven't I mean obviously we're all hopelessly biased there <laughs> <laughs> and there is a good piece on the, on the Deco website today basically how fans from other clubs have yeah, regarded it good, but yeah. you know, look, this kind of week all the national titles all the TV stations radio stations everyone's doing the Premier League previews and you know it, the vast majority seem to be saying Liverpool look the most credible contenders to Man City and I, and I don't really see how you can argue with that I suppose you'd say that, you know, in terms of the, the numbers and who they brought in I suppose you'd say maybe Arsenal uh, the only one who've come in any way comparable business, but you would say that they absolutely had to, because obviously they finished what twenty odd points behind Liverpool last season. They've got the, the club really that's and the team that's been in decline for, for quite some time. So I think they had a massive gap to make up. It's obviously a completely unknown quantity how Unai Emery, the new manager, is going to settle in. Obviously, it's it's in many ways we see how United have struggled trying to replace Ferguson when a manager's been there so so long and. His whole kind of ethos runs through every part of the club. It's you're on a hiding to nothing in many ways. So Arsenal, I think, will be interesting. Obviously, they've got an interesting first game at home to Man City on Sunday afternoon. Tottenham, I think, you know, the Tottenham look likely to sign Jack Grealish. I think, I think an offer went in today. And you kind of think, be surprised if that didn't happen. Um, City may bring one or two. You know, laughing boy Mourinho may may yet, may yet get his wish and get one or two more players in through the door, but. I think the vast majority, yeah, again, he couldn't help himself this week, couldn't he? With his usual kind of damning with fake praise uh, comments towards Liverpool. I, th- I see, a, I see a, a brilliant quote from someone on Twitter the other day saying, Liverpool and Klopp are living rent-free in Mourinho's head these days, <laughs> which I thought hit the nail perfectly on the head. So I, I think, you know, gone, certainly at the moment, gone are the days when we need to be looking enviously at the others. 
I think at the moment they're looking kind of with some degree of trepidation at Anfield and thinking these were good last season and they look stronger. So let's hope we deliver on that. Yeah, it's hard to disagree with that. Um, one thing I'd say about City though as well, even though they've only brought Mares in for big money, that, that that's a good sign and it you know adds to their depth. And it feels like um, like some Mendy coming back after a season yeah, out. He, he, he looked good. good. Yeah, yeah he, he looked really good, good didn't he, the weekend. And it just they, because of the rotation they did last season, they've got a lot of players who uh, I was looking at some stats, put my fancy team together the other day, and just um, <laughs> like so many. Well, it's so hard to call who play week on week for them, but they've got so many lads who only played like. 19 20 games and like top players like I know the injuries as well like Stones people like that Bernardo Silva looks like he's had a good pre-season so other players will emerge for them and you know 100 points in the quarterfinals of the Champions League it's it's an imperious thing but but yeah I think I think what what Dan said was right whilst none of the top six have got worse you you would you'd like to think from what we've done we we've got the chance of at least improving past Spurs and United and um, I'd say in the league I, I still think City will be too tough enough to crack but but you never know but I, I agree with what both Sean and Dan have said. Um, though with Arsenal, I think Arsenal are going to do well. Might um, surprise if you are. Yeah, um, right. I think a lot of people forget that they signed a Bamiang and Mkhitaryan in January. Mm-hmm. And yeah. by that point, they were miles off anyway already. So they were already planning for next season. Mm-hmm. So you had what they brought in to, to like those two and whatnot. I think they'll do, do well. I don't think they'll. I think Liverpool are. Level but two, maybe even three ahead of Arsenal. So, yeah. Tottenham is a strange one because they've just got a good side, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. lost no one. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if Alderweireld goes, that'll be a big loss because it, it'll only be Batongan and mm, Sanchez. Sanchez and, yeah. and particularly if the talk is going to United as well, yeah. why would you strengthen your yeah. rivals like yeah. that? Yeah. Because they are rivals for Champions League places. So yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah, Liverpool have done the best business out of all, all the, the top six, but I think Arsenal are going to surprise a few people. Taking all that on board, got to have a bit of a prediction time. Could this be Liverpool's year? You know, let's talk the league title first and foremost. Do you think, Dan, to start off with, this is the Reds' best chance of winning that league title again for a number of years? Yes. Yes. And thrice <laughs> yes. I mean... <laughs> You know, the Liverpool fans do sometimes get mocked a bit for, by saying it's all, you know, by all, for always saying it's going to be our year. I'm not being funny. If you can't feel like that in the first couple of weeks in August, then why mm. be a football supporter? Do you know what I mean? That it people say, oh, it, it's the hope that's the killer. It's not. It's the hope that keeps you going. Yeah. And you know, even you know, I've, I've felt like this after much worse summers and much worse pre-seasons. You look at where we finished last year, and, and you know, I know we finished fourth in the end, but I think there's. I think a lot of I think a lot of people would feel we were the second best team in the league that year, and, and if it hadn't have been obviously for the distractions and the, the strain on the squad, yeah, the league table would have reflected that. We've obviously strengthened well, bought well, and it just I mean I, I'm just I've been reading uh, Raphael Honigstein's book about um, Jurgen Klopp and um, quite a bit late to the party with that one, but um, it it does feel like we're coming towards like the critical mass, the critical point where all the kind of foundations that have been put into place are going to start to bear fruit. And, you know, you need, you need your luck, you need, the, you need things to go for you at the right times. And, you know, you need people to keep, the, to keep their, their head on the... To keep, their, keep their, their eyes on the ball and their head in the game and not get distracted by all the things that can 
that can surround success and that it, it just feels like the momentum that's been building and building for the last couple of seasons is really starting to kind of pick up speed now and you know I don't think anyone will enjoy playing against us this season anyone will enjoy coming to Anfield but we've been here before and yeah we've all been we've all been hurt by it before but no it, it's I'm joking about winning everything including the Grand National the boat race but <laughs> One league cup in 12 years is, is not good enough. And yeah, we're, with mates at the weekend talking about, yeah, this, that, and the other, we've got to win something. And we all know that. <clears throat> but I don't think we've had a better chance in a long time. And, you know, it's, it, it's like you said at the top of the programme, the phony war's over. And I think we're all ready for the real business to, to get underway now. I would, I would be surprised if we didn't finish higher in the league than we did last season. Mm-hmm. Whether we can go all the way to first, I don't know. I, de- I think a lot of it depends on the start. Like City had such a fire last season, and it's it's a, it's a, obviously a very difficult first game for the Arsenal away. But then the rest of their start, like I think their first like seven eight games, all home games look quite easy. They've got no no other trips to other top sides. But then you know ours ours isn't too bad either. So. I think if we if we can hit the ground running, if if the momentum we, we look like we've got in pre season is 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 maintained into the first few weeks of the season, then it'll just put a, a very different complexion on it. I mean, you know, last season it was it was a frustrating start, and then that first game, the front three all scored, but then it was it was three three, wasn't it? Watford and yeah, yeah. it just I think if we can get you know get 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 a few wins in the first few games, then everything will look very rosy. I think what was it th- we only won three out of the first nine. Yeah, well, last season, yeah. 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 we had a, we had a few draws. Yeah. Draws, and really, yeah. Leicester, we played Leicester away, beat them. The only defeats were at Tottenham and City, yeah. good yes. side. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Can you see a fast start this time, Paul? One hundred percent, one hundred percent. It's the first time I actually believe that Liverpool are going to challenge for the title. Like I'll, I'll, I'll say it at the start of the season. I said it last year when we drew off an island <laughs> there. The champions was like, we're going to win the European Cup. So, <laughs> so close. But Dan used the word momentum and under Klopp, especially, momentum's been massive with Liverpool when the players are flying, the fans are behind them. And the way it seems with pre-season, putting those two together, mm-hmm. the force that you, I don't think you, I don't think you can stop it because you've seen teams come to Anfield last season and fold. On good teams, s- yeah. good, good, good teams. Yeah. We've seen that in Champions League, yeah. Teams yeah. are all like Roma, who are used to hostile atmospheres as well. Manchester City, yeah. the most dominant team in the top for decades, yeah. and. With the togetherness that it seems on and off the pitch, it's, I think there's a, that's going to help us an awful lot in the league. It already feels like the game against City is near the end of September sometime. So over the six, just well, Sunday uh, afternoon. That, that's going to be massive. Yeah, yeah. At Anfield, it feels like just that's before the international break, yeah. the last game of that second. Do you think it's in Pep Guardiola's mind as well? Do you see the way he kicked the water bottle after the penalty in pre-season after Liverpool won it? Didn't they later on? It was two-one, wasn't mm, it? Yeah. And you just wonder if. He knows Liverpool are coming over the hill, so to speak, doesn't mm. he? You know, after what happened last season. Very yeah. much so. And, you know, and, you know, City have a dreadful record at Anfield, not just historically, but also in the last couple of years. You know, well beaten twice last season. Uh, right, you know, and it was 4 3 in the league, but, you know, it, it, it should have <laughs> never oh, yeah, been yeah, anything yeah. like as close as that. I do think that, you know, that there's a healthy mutual respect, I think, between Klopp and Guardiola. I think, I think they've both. 
both got a lot of sense of admiration and at the same time a certain sense of kind of wariness about the other's style and how they how they go about it. And I think both of them recognise that really without without dismissing the other top teams that, that, that you know you'd be foolish to do that really they are that there's every chance they, they are going to be the two main rivals for, for, for the top honours this season and you know we've until I suppose that second leg at City it had largely been well we kind of rule the roost at our place you rule the roost at, at yours and you know you could argue things kind of went for us in that game and you know maybe we rode our luck a little bit at times but um, I, th- I think Guardiola will be very will be looking at that game in early October going this is a key game for us we need to make sure we go there and put a statement because if they get rolled over at Anfield again that early in the season it's not just what it does to them it's the it's the, the confidence boost it gives us Do you think Guardiola will come to Anfield with the mentality of let's get away from here with the draw? Mourinho style yeah, Does he know how to do that? Yeah. Does he know how to play but like that? But the times he's come to Anfield and he's come to play well, he's got to come up with something different, yeah. hasn't he? You know, seven goals in two games. Mm. You know, in twenty eighteen, there. It'd be it'd be a bit like you couldn't I couldn't see him doing it because I couldn't see Klopp doing it. It'd be, it'd be a difficult message to tell to players of that quality. But I don't know. Let's see how. Let's see what both shape both teams are in by then. You never know. Mm. We'd be like eighth or ninth game of the season, mm-hmm. won't you? I mean, so it's wanted to look at it in the first week of August. It might look a bit different by the end of September, but. It's it, it it's all set up for a brilliant season, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? And, and I think everyone's really drooling at the prospect of um, of just building on the good vibes and the good stuff that's been happening since you know since the German walked through the door nearly three years ago. Now. And on that upbeat note, I think it's time to draw this podcast to a close. Dan, Sean, Paul, thanks very much for joining me. Enjoy nice West Ham Palace after that, and uh, we'll reconvene in a couple of weeks. You've been listening to an Anfield Plus podcast on the LFC Echo app.